Hi, I'm Brian the Madden Book McNally, and I've always wanted a podcast. So here I am, finally doing it. This podcast isn't about anything in particular, but hey, I hope you enjoy. So Autumn and I just watched season one of Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts uh, from Netflix and DreamWorks. You liked it more than I thought I was going to, because I kind of avoided this show for a little while. Not really intentionally, but whenever the opportunity was presented to me to watch it, I just kind of brushed it off. Uh, yeah, I remember. I uh, For me, I actually did brush it off uh, as well, and then um, the pandemic happened, and I was like, eh, I should give something a shot. <laughs> Uh, but I, I also too I thought that uh, DreamWorks did a pretty pretty good job collaborating with Netflix and uh, putting some some pretty good shows out like uh, Shira and the Princess of Power because uh, it was it was funny too actually so because of the situation in 2020 with the quarantine stuff um, uh, I was uh, and uh, I was going over to my dad's house at the beginning of that a little bit more often um, and hanging out with Isabella. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how uh, I I watched. Or no, I think I watched season one on my own, and then I was decided I was going to watch it with her. Mm-hmm. And then she liked it so much that she and I we watched uh, seasons two and three like on the day that they premiered. We just like marathon through through it. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> especially cute. I I especially remember um, season two because uh, we started watching that at like six in the morning. And oh, wow. I didn't expect us to finish the entire season that day, but we mm-hmm. that's just what we did. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's part of too why I, I really uh, enjoy this uh, the show. Yeah, that's you know, this is my first time watching it. I really enjoyed it. It it has that um that trend I've been seeing when there's certain shows like this that try to promote some sort of tolerance towards others of the main character being of the two worlds that need to tolerate each other. Yeah, with with Kipo being uh uh half or I was going to say Wonder Beast um <laughs> half uh mute and half human and which too that you'll actually find out they they get into that a little bit more later. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, that's pretty interesting. I will say that it's not like uh, uh, if, if you're imagining a crossbreeding, that's not what's exactly what's happening. No, because I had an inkling that at this point, um, her dad isn't actually her dad. That the reason why she's different, like that she's a wonder beast or whatever, a mute, is that she was actually like just made in the lab. <laughs> that's my that's my thoughts until we actually watch the next part. Yeah, it is. It is. It will certainly be uh, interesting to see your reaction when they <laughs> reveal that stuff. But like, like, kind of pulling it back though to like uh, the beginning of the season, though, like it, like immediately, it's it's uh, right off the bat. It's pretty captivating. It just throws you right into the world with Kipo um, going up to the surface. Yeah, um, it doesn't waste your time. Uh, the flashbacks that do happen later that a lot of shows would kind of put towards the beginning. They're not too long, and it doesn't really disrupt too much of the story, so it's not, like, invasive. So they waste no time in getting you into, like, the actual world that we're going to be exploring. Yeah, and that, that was actually one of the things, too, as well, that really uh, captivated me about this show, is that the storytelling was, was like, really tight uh, from the beginning. Cause, so I remember at the time that this show had come out, I believe Steven Universe Future had also just concluded. Mm-hmm. 
Or at least, um, like I said, because I watched it late, so I might have just seen the conclusion of Steven Universe, and then we go into the pandemic and me watching Keep on the Age of Wonder Beasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so anyways, one of the other things I really liked about it as well is because, is to me, it feels like a show that if it had been on Cartoon Network, we would have gotten a lot of filler episodes mm. of them just doing like random adventures on the surface. Uh, but because it's a Netflix show and they know that people are just going to watch it from beginning to end, uh, they are allowed to have this this story that flows really well from episode to episode. Like each each uh, episode really does feel like a, a chapter in a um, in like a young adult book or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely get that sense as well. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that that's what really struck me at the time because because uh, I remember even to watching the. Shira and the Princesses of Power. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, uh, I haven't. I've, I also watched that one with Isabella. And that show as well, really just in the first season, uh, has like a kind of episodic format where it it sounds, uh, or sorry, where it feels like they're taking each episode to introduce the princesses. Mm-hmm. But I guess more of my point is just that like the, the story doesn't feel as tight in that first season as uh, Kipo does. Uh, but some, uh, something else, too, just w- was also the Kipo character herself that uh, I also really enjoyed, like, after having watched uh, Steven Universe Future. Because to me, uh, Kipo felt kind of like an evolution of the Steven Universe character, if that makes any sense. I think, I, yeah, I think I get that. Yeah, in, in that, like, um, I, like, I... I, I God, I wish I I remember like what I was telling my friends about this show back in 2020, because I feel like it was more articulate than what I'm able to call upon now. I mean, a a part of it is definitely her like childlike wonder and innocence. Yeah. Well, okay. Now I remember how I described it. It was the way I described it is like Kipo is the kind of kid that probably like grew up on stuff like Steven Universe and mm. and like took in all those lessons, but also then kind of you know realizing as well that even with with all those great lessons, there are still more lessons to be learned. Yeah. Uh, but what I mean by that though is like uh, in episodes. Um, uh, or sorry, in the episode where uh, Wolf reveals that she had uh, taken the map that her mom or her dad had uh, had made and um, uh, and hit it, mm-hmm. uh, like the way that she's just so quickly able to uh, forgive Wolf in that moment, with it also being like believable. Yeah, because it wasn't like oh, I'm, they they had to go through like an entire like two three episode arc of forgiveness or. Oh, you know, I forgive you, but you know, I ca- I can't really trust you or anything like that. It was more so like I understand why you did what you did, and I don't want you to feel that way. So I I will forgive you and genuinely forgive you. Yeah, it, it felt just very uh um like very in in line and with her the character that they had established up to that point. Yeah. Uh, and like you said too, that we don't have to like go through all those tropey moments, but then as well that in some ways we kind of do when, when, uh, then, um, Wolf finds out that Kipo is part mute and that we, uh, uh, uh we get to like kind of see her go through the motions. But then once again, too, it also kind of aligns with her character. Also the fact too, that she is, uh, she's younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she's been through a lot, so it, of course it's going to be hard for her to like accept sort of uh changes that 
you know, it, it won't be hidden and it does like as much as Kipo will remain who she is true to heart, but that it doesn't mean that these changes don't mean anything. So it's harder to accept, but it was also like a much tighter, like wrap around to get back to our main point. Cause it wasn't multiple episodes. It was one episode. Yeah. I also t- to like the kind of, um, the contrast between Kipo and, and Wolf, mm-hmm. uh, as, as characters. Cause they, they both kind of, um, uh, represent like uh, very uh, different kinds of childhoods where uh, Kipo is like a more modern child, you know, and that she, even though she grew up uh, in this post-apocalyptic underground bunker, they they established pretty well that they, for the most part, were able to maintain pretty normal lives down there. Yeah. Uh, and so in that sense, she is kind of like a little bit more sheltered about the world. Yeah, just like a a, a decently well-off uh, suburban kid. Yeah, in the city. Yeah, and then uh, Wolf represents like the kind of childhood where she had to grow up very quickly and learn to uh, uh, to take care of herself. Yeah, the unfortunate kind of like trauma that she ha- that she had to go through to get to where she is now, combined with the you know lack of like true parental figures, you know, leads her to having to adapt to that like life on the street kind of mentality yeah uh the other thing too that i really love about this first season um that i and i think too this is kind of always the 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 things about first seasons and why they stick out so much is because that's uh when they really establish the world building Mm -hmm. and that that was the other thing too that really got me into the show is i i liked the uh the world building of it, like getting to see what each one of the various species evolved into. Yeah. It was a, from what I could tell, some sort of uh, animal combined with either um, like a music trope or a, um, or like a, like a specific like occupation, like, yeah. a, like a pilot or like a motorist. Yeah. Like a, well, the, the sense I kind of got is that they'd like adopted human subcultures without maybe necessarily understanding what they were. Yeah, but I I love that. Yeah. And then something else, too, I also kind of like is um, that we get a tiny little glimpse into... Because we don't really see too much of it beyond this, but when we see Wolf's um, family, the the Wolf family that took her in, mm-hmm. we do get to see as well that there's, like, more... Or that there can be, like, more diversity to the kinds of cultures that the animals adopt. Yeah. So it's not just that, like, well the wolves necessarily have to all be astronomers. It's just that the particular pact that the shows follow follows mm-hmm. adopted a kind of astronomer lifestyle. Um, either that, or, um, I also got the sense that her like adoptive family, like, as much as it was supposed to be just like a regular family, um, they did kind of seem to have that like intellectual, like superiority. Yeah. And I, I did kind of get that as like the, so my point is that, so like mm-hmm. they can have, they probably have like the, traits that yeah. would go across the various species mm-hmm. but it just showing though the kind of cultures that they might exhibit oh no uh, sure. with those personality types is, is can be more diverse than what we necessarily see in the show no no i was sure of that i just thought it was interesting yeah um uh, did you was there anything that stood out to you about the uh about the world i like the bees <laughs> oh yeah that's right i love the bees the dubstep bees <laughs> i love them so much they're my favorite of the entire show even more than the pig i love the bees (laughs) i i don't know why every time they're on screen i just get so happy (laughs) yeah no they're 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 pretty funny anytime they pop up (laughs) 
Oh my god, I, I I had to prevent myself, but I really wanted this. I just wanted to like outwardly like squee a little bit when um, that one bee went to Charlemagne and was like using the lights that comes off of him to like use shadow puppets to tell him what was going on. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, which a little uh, minor light spoiler. They do uh, establish later on that um, that they are actually speaking a a language. The bees. I, I figured, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because in I mean in real life that's how they communicate with each other not through like music but through dance steps. Oh, I actually I never made that connection. That's really, really smart. Yeah. No. Because I, I didn't know about that. I mm-hmm. just never made the connection that like oh that's right the lights are probably a replacement for them shaking their uh um the, their abdomens. You know, booty bums. They're dancing. <laughs> Don't take this from me. They're dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, to just like seeing the way as well that all the other cat or no, I was I guess because I want to talk about the cats, but all the other animals yeah. adopt cultures like the timber cats. Are they're like uh, they're all lumberjacks? Yeah, but then they also too they they have like a great scratching tree. Oh yeah, uh, they seem like very much like not hillbilly rednecks, but you know just the you know the the typical like lumberjack white um, kind of like social club vibe yeah. going on. I really do like them a lot too. Yeah, they, they all their plaid bothers me though. Oh yeah, because they, they do the they do the thing uh, where to make the like cheaply animate the plaid, the plaid never moves. I forgot about that. Yeah, because I remember hearing about that, and I was trying to like not like have that consciously when I saw them like come up. You heard about that in Kipo? Yeah, because uh, even though I hadn't watched Kibo before this, I had heard um, some other videos that reviewed it and talked about it. Mm. I just, even, again, even if I'm not going to, like, uh, even if I don't plan on watching a certain show, I just kind of like to see what other people are talking about, uh, just for just for various yeah, reasons. Yeah, no, but th- so they specifically talked about that aspect, though, that, like, the, the, um, the plaid doesn't move. Yeah, because it bothers a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, I-, I can see that, too, because... It's very clearly something they're doing just to, like, give them plaid without actually... Having to, like, really animate, because... Yeah. Because that is a difficult pattern. Well, it's not just that, too, but I remember um, there was a show on Cartoon Network called Chowder, but they did that by design, where, like, characters would have patterns on their clothing that Mm -hmm. didn't move. Yeah, but, I mean, you're Uh, designing, like, an entire aesthetic around that. Yeah, that's what I mean, is that, like, yeah, so in there, there was actually a purpose to it, but, yeah, here it's just... It's just cheap. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it doesn't take away anything at all from the show. It was just... It's just one of those things that, like, as, even if I didn't hear about it, I would have noticed it anyways, because that sort of thing just pops out at me. And I mean, for a lot of people, obviously, as well. But, yeah, it doesn't really take away anything. Oh, the ghost is back. Uh, yeah, and then also, too, I love the, the thing with the giant flea. <laughs> Which... Uh, so, something I, I did remember uh, seeing, like, a question on the Kipo subreddit was some people were wa- were wondering if the flea is a Megamute. Uh, so Megamutes oh, are, are, like, the Mega the, Bunny and the Mega the, Dogs. The, the really big versions yeah. of things. Some, some people well, think it might... It, and it actually does make sense, too, especially given yeah. that in the uh, season finale we see Pierre eat uh, drink the blood from one of the dogs yeah so some some people think that he he would be more correctly classified as a mega mute because of that yeah because i mean just just in comparison say from a regular flea like i think it's giant yeah and then it's... also the fact too that um he doesn't talk and all that right. other kind of stuff yeah 
acts a lot more animalistic. Yeah, which they also too later on established that Mandu is also a uh, a mega mute. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I forgot which one Mondu was. That's the pig. Oh, oh, huh. <laughs> huh, all right. <laughs> Just in that, like, we see a, mm-hmm. a, a fully matured version of her species later oh, on. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, got it. Yeah, and I will say, too, the, the world uh, does get a little bit stranger in season two, and then by the time you get to season three, that's more when it's like, eh, we've already kind of established the world, and outside of a few new things here and there, it's mostly about kind of wrapping up the story. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the other thing, too, as well, um, where I feel like the first two, or sorry, the second two seasons don't really, uh, uh, at least didn't peak for me as much as season one did. Mm, okay. Was there anything else that uh, stood out to you about uh, the show? Hmm. Um, I mean, I guess we, we kind of touched up on it, but I mean, the, the character designs and the animation is just so pretty. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That, that does remind me of something else too, that it's weird that no one ever establishes that Kipo or no one ever comments that Kipo has like a pink hue to her skin. And at first, I thought they were going to maybe explain that there are more people that have, like, weird colored hues or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, no, it's it's really just her. Because I remember um, you had mentioned that to me before, too. And before you had said that, um, you know, I had thought that they were going to maybe explain it um, either directly or indirectly that... Like, it was just going to be, like, she's just one of the first uh, few humans that, like, uh, that was born with that skin. Like, the species is evolving to have that skin color because um, in one of the first couple of episodes, someone looked at her skin and said, like, oh, it's because of that hue because it's uh, never touched, like, her skin never touched the sun. So that's why I thought, like, oh, like, all the burrow people are like this until they do the reveal where they're not. And I'm like, oh, well, they're going to be like this then, I guess, but... That doesn't seem to track. Yeah, because the, the thing, too, as well, is that, like, her weird pink hue does tie into that she is part mute, which makes it even weirder that no one ever acknowledges it. Yeah, especially because they've well established at the end of the season that the Burrow people, like, have never seen mutes before, so they're, like, all over, um, you know, the mutes that, can't, that come with uh, Kipo. Yeah, um, but, uh... Uh, something else that I remember that did stand out to me about this show um, back in 2020, uh, especially given like that that was also uh, you know when all the George Floyd stuff had happened as well. Mm. And I remember uh, they Netflix put this up on their uh, on their representation matters key, uh, list. Huh. Back when they they were doing that at that time. Is it because a lot of the human characters are black? Yeah, that's what okay. I was about to say. Cause, okay. Because yeah, that that was too. I remember one of the things that kind of stood out to me about this show when it it first aired is that like, it never really occurred to me mm-hmm. uh, until I I really thought about it. That like, oh wait, I've never seen like a fantasy or sci-fi anything. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are books. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's like some obscure TV show, but generally speaking like even just outside of animation within the genre of sci-fi and fantasy you don't really see like casts with all black characters yeah that's always kind of stood out to me too um i've always wondered i mean within the genres of like fantasy sci-fi horror thriller all that kind of stuff like there are like now a growing number of like 
you know, black members in the cast, but it's not to the point where most, if not all of the cast is um, black or brown. And I've, I'm hoping there'll be more just because I think you could tell a lot of interesting stories using those subcultures. Yeah. Too, especially like, I, I know people, um, they talk with fantasy, especially like medieval fantasy. They'll talk about how, you know, there oh weren't really other people, uh, you know, of other races in Europe or whatever. It's like, I don't know. It's a fantasy world, but, uh, but like, it's like, I don't agree with that argument, but anyways, the more my point though is that that's a lot a much harder argument to make with science fiction, <laughs> so, uh, where it's like you know it's set in the future. And then the thing is too, in Kipo, uh, even though it's obviously an intentional decision by the creators, mm. uh, the characters themselves never really like mentioned that they're all black. Because I also kind of got the feeling that at this point where they're at in the future, uh, the race construct is also just kind of gone away. Yeah, which. That would be nice. It'd be nice to be there. Um, but yeah, same thing. I don't with, know. Uh, I mean, in this, uh, that means that all the animals have to mutate and then we have to go underground. <laughs> you don't want to go underground? Fuck the sun. <laughs> Fuck that. It gives me cancer. Um, but I was going to say, the uh, aside from the aspect of different races, it also just seems that as part of this world that we're at, it's also like... Uh, different sexualities like doesn't really matter anymore either oh yeah it's just normal now yeah are you talking about how like benson just Mm -hmm. comes out as gay like it's nothing yeah yeah no i I appreciated that too yeah the only thing that kipo is is she's just embarrassed that's it she's not like oh well that sucks for me she's just like oh my bad i didn't i didn't get the right signals from you yeah, I really loved the the way they they played off that moment too. Because even Benson as well, when he like did a retrospect, he's like, "Oh yeah, I could see where you got that impression." <laughs> uh, and also, too, I remember it as well at the time that it came out. You mentioned this to me that you even saw like a lot of people sharing the thing where he just says that he's gay. Yeah, that was highly talked about. So that was spoiled for me uh, going in because. Um, it was just, even when it wasn't like videos about Kipo, they would use, um, you know, him as like a talking point for whatever they're talking about. And most of the time it was, um, just normalized representation. Yeah. As well, cause the thing too is, um, I, I, there was a, a time where I was kind of like, yeah, we don't really, we should try to get away from labels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then someone like kind of, I, I talked to them and they pointed out to me like the, the kind of flaw in that thinking for us. It, it's like, yeah, it's a nice ideal. But at the end of the day, the labels that we use, it's not, you know, uh, they're, they're not like really as oppressive or anything as we like to think they're, they're, they're quite useful. And it's like, there's a reason why we're drawn to labels and stuff like that. And so I remember uh uh that kind of really rethought the way i my thinking on that so anyways though that that's why as well like i I kind of um was able to see when people were talking about it how important it was for him to just say it that to just identify as gay yeah yeah it was really nice Uh, yeah as opposed to just um showing it you know like just having him acknowledge it and then talking about it like normal people yeah because oh yeah that now i remember that's how that person changed my mind they're like like normal people just don't avoid labels. It's not possible. <laughs> and when they and when they pointed it out to me, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I get what, what you're saying. That it's like you know, just don't uh, just be careful with the labeling, but also you know, acknowledge that there's a reason why people like to label themselves, particularly those are the ones we should be more respectful of." 
Right, right, for sure. <laughs> uh, any last thoughts on the uh, the first season of Keepa? I want more bees. <laughs> uh, you will actually get more bees later on. Yay! Hi, if you're listening to this, it means you haven't skipped over to another podcast yet. Since you're here, I might as well ask you to subscribe to your podcast player of choice and leave me a review on iTunes if you'd be so kind. My intro and outro has been Break Time by Roa. Check the link in the description to find more of their copyright-free content. This week's cover art is Age of the Wonder Beasts, generated in crayon. <laughs>